Welcome to Fluence Talks. Here we discuss the dark side of freelancing about which nobody usually talks out loud. In this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm a community builder at Code Control and NIM.works, and my guest is Ashvin Chako, an amazing visual storyteller, positively playful connector, motivational speaker, fruitful live podcast host, and a freelancer with 15 plus years of experience. So welcome, Ashvin. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to let's, be here. Let's jump right away to the easiest question. What is the <laughs> most challenging part of being a freelancer? Uh, so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the most challenging part is getting used to the ebb and flow of work. Mm. You have to be willing to flex and 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 plan for the ebb and flow of work because um, whether you like it or not, this is the reality. You are gonna have some months of nothing and other months of heavy rain. So <laughs> you just have to learn to relax and not stress in those, um, you know, those dry seasons and mm -hmm. enjoy it. And then when the fruitful seasons come of uh, loads and loads of stuff, then you go with it. How do go you how do you deal with it? What is your process of dealing with ebbs and flows? Yeah, so I initially like most freelancers, I used to panic and say, oh, I'll never get work again. You know, like that's, 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 <laughs> that's gonna what's die. going, in, yeah, that's going in, uh, in our heads, you know? Um, but over time I've learned that those are the periods to really pursue those personal projects, you mm -hmm. know? So in, in, in the, the quiet months, that's actually how I started the fruitful life podcast. Uh, there was no work in January, February. Uh, so I was like, oh, I always wanted to start a podcast why not just give it a shot you know <laughs> uh, and you know those those the truth is the, these personal projects your curiosity will often lead to an opportunity mm -hmm. and one that you are excited about so for me in 2018 again i was going through these ebbs and flows i had seen that hand lettering was had become a big thing here mm -hmm. um a little late in the trend but like everybody was in it uh at least in ireland and so i was like that's really cool i really like hand lettering but i have nothing in my portfolio i have no mm -hmm. nothing to show and so i developed a 30-day instagram project to work on my hand lettering and the reason why i put it on instagram uh announced it publicly was for accountability yeah. because we're often willing to let ourselves down but we find it harder to do that for other people it's harder to let other people down and so having a public sphere as your accountability partner is one way of doing that <laughs> so anyway at the end of the 30 days uh, i realized there was a theme in um the the work I had created, these mm -hmm. hand-lettered typographical pieces, they were all sort of reflections on the freelance journey. And so I was like, okay, let's just put this together and make it into a book. 
And then I took the book to different art directors, uh, went into studios, showed them the work, and I was like, oh, and and there's a book. And I left them uh, a copy. Uh, <laughs> and then I started getting hired to do hand-lettered typography pieces. So the you can use you really use these those quiet months to be strategic uh, about where you want to go in your career and and develop those personal projects that often get left to the side when the paid work comes in. So take advantage of that. Sounds like a curated serendipity. So you kind of had a goal, but you didn't have like a pass, like a strict pass to this goal. Am yeah. I am I hearing it correct? Um, yeah, there, there's like, you know, as creatives, we're, we're passionate about so many different things, you know, mm. uh, and, and sometimes uh, we don't have the time to pursue them. These these quiet moments are, are spaces to do that. And sometimes they're a part of our larger vision and sometimes they're just an exploration. So y- you can use it both ways. Both both will help your creative practice. Maybe it's just upskilling you. Uh, or other times it can be a lot more strategic in, in your outlook. So the podcast was strategic for me, mm-hmm. writing books, strategic for me um, as a part of my larger vision on where I want to be. So it, it's going to vary depending on where you are in your career and what, what you want out of it. Got it. So what is the most time-consuming thing you must deal with as a freelancer except for work itself? Uh, taxes. It's <laughs> 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 uh, such a pain in the butt. Admin, basically. Yeah. Emails, admin, they're the most time-consuming thing. Uh, dealing with receipts. This year, I had to uh, register for VAT, which was mm-hmm. another pain in the butt because like every two months, you have to... like. Uh, yeah, it changes your process. You have to re-evaluate and then you have to take those things, take steps to ensure that you're compliant with government rules and all mm-hmm. the rest of that. So that that is the most time-consuming thing. Uh, Do you deal with it yourself? No, I have an accountant, but I still need to get him all the stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to yeah. give him the stuff so he can do that, do, do the rest. But yeah, it's still like annoying. But I have developed a system now. And, and actually having the VAT thing has made it easier for my yearly tax thing. Yeah. Um, because uh, every two months I'm already assessing and giving all that information to my accountant. So at the end of the year, he already has everything he needs to do my yearly tax assessment um and then the other thing is like figuring out things around money and dealing with that because a lot of times uh, as freelancers your tax is not getting taken out by an employer mm-hmm, uh, you know mm-hmm. your 20 yeah. income and so now i've developed a system where as soon as the income comes in i take 20% and I put it in a secondary bank account and that's my tax payment account yeah, because yeah. I have been caught out at the end of the year and be like, I have no money to pay the tax man. And then like the next job comes in and you're like, okay, here, here. <laughs> it's all for the tax. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally feel that. And what is your most nerve consuming thing? Um, I suppose it's 
waiting for you know when a job comes in and you're like will i get it or not you know you're pitched against three or four other creatives and the waiting is it's so annoying <laughs> uh yeah what do, what do you do while you wait i try not to think about it i was like pretend like i don't need it <laughs> <laughs> and when you are competing for a project is it always with some random people or sometimes there are some people you know and maybe connect with a lot of times you don't know who it is um it might have been people i know but because it's through an agency they're not telling you who the other people are generally speaking and have you ever had this moment when you were talking to a friend and like sharing the project and they were like oh i i'm i'm like competing with you for this project <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so i'm a part of a group called illustrators ireland it's like mm -hmm. a professional body of illustrators here and so a lot of the times clients think that we don't uh we don't uh, talk to each other but you know when a job comes in and like 10 of us got the same pitch proposal and they're asking us for like budgets and stuff mm -hmm. like that <laughs> like did you guys get this job they were asking for so little maybe we should you know have this conversation negotiate That's sort of, yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah it's, it's it sound like uh it sound like a very great setup you know when you have like not monopoly but kind of like you teach the market not go for what it gives you but like hey yeah. it works more so deal with it yeah i mean e even within that it's like it's not like uh every illustrator gives the same price we yeah. it's all value based right and where you are in your career but having a sense that you know like 100 euro is too low yeah, everybody exactly. should know that and <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> uh, there is still value to the work you know so i think it's really helping both illustrators understand what their value is because m more often than not creatives undervalue themselves and then businesses know their the value you create that's why they're coming to you you know uh, and so if you can speak their language or learn to speak their language of the uh, potential value that the work is going to bring your it's going to be easier for you to sell yourself it's going to easier uh for you to say this is the sort of impact you're going to have in, yeah in the sphere of business as a freelancer do you ever feel professional loneliness yeah yeah i mean like we're 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 we work in solitude most of the time right and so that's that's why it's super important to have community around you why it's super important to take the time to build that because otherwise you can get lost in in that place um it also creatively it's great to have people you can be like hey what do you think of this work and you know like what are your thoughts and getting outside perspective other than your own thoughts because again you can you can very much loop mm -hmm. and, and have um depending on your personality type they can be very negative or um you know too positive <laughs> and, and it's finding the balance between the two yeah currently we have a lot of online communities and like after covid we had even more so what is your approach to participate in the community is it online based 
Is it in person, maybe mixed? How it works for you? I think it has to be uh, a mix of the two. You know, sometimes it's online because you know people live all over the world now, and yeah. we're in touch with them. And you know, even now we're having conversation across countries. Yeah. Um, so that that's great in in that way when you can connect with people outside of your uh, you won't normally have access to. Uh, but at the same time, I think we, as human beings, need the physical. We need that that physical interaction as well. And and I think you know there is also a bit of like with online, there almost has to be an agenda for things to continue. You can't really have small talk that leads into you know secondary conversations or you know spontaneity that that physical life has and so finding a balance between the two you know accessing the advantage of online you know the fact that you can reach across the world and then tapping into the the local physical it is the best of both worlds you know currently many people loves remote work because it saves time of commuting to work and back so also you have three kids so how do you find time to participate in person uh, my kids go to bed at seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a secret. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's it's all balance again, you know. Uh, give and take. My wife will take day off. I might take a day off. You know, it's it's finding, uh, it's learning to prioritize things. And then the reality is, as a freelancer, because I get to choose my times. You know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when i worked in an office environment a lot of uh, time was wasted just like waiting for briefs or or doing random things that don't actually impact the work whereas yeah. as a freelancer time is my own i make my time uh, and as long as i get my work done and i'm i'm the type of person who's like bang out all the work in like a day or two and then i'm free the rest of the week you know, and so as long as I get my stuff done, then I'm free. And so yeah. that's sort of my approach. And, and a lot of times I, I, I don't have such huge influxes of work where I can't manage the time well. So it's, again, prioritizing discipline. Um, and yeah, those would be the two two key things. And a little bit of distraction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, organized distraction. <laughs> organized distraction. <laughs> so if your friend wanted to become a freelancer, what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing it? So I have a whole book that has uh, <laughs> advice on it. Keep, keep at it. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so top three. Number one would be don't be afraid to make mistakes, you know. That's something that we have to unlearn from school because all through yeah. school you're taught, you know, uh, it, failure is a bad thing. You know, F, you don't get a career, you don't get life. Whereas yeah. with creatives, mistakes are how we learn. Mistakes are how our careers grow. Mistakes are how we make the best work. And so uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Number two um, is your value is in who you are not what you do. This is key. You need to have an identity that is anchored outside of your work. Otherwise, your work is going to take over you and it's 
it's going to be detrimental to your mental health. Um, and number three is make friends, you know, mm. build a community yeah. because, um, your friend will sell you better than any meme gif, whatever, you know? So uh, those connections are, are what is going to make the biggest impact in your career, in your life. Um, I think in life in general, you know, we're made to be creatures of connection. Um, and so if you can lean into that, build real friendships, yeah. you're going to make um, an impact in your career. You know, to your point about friends, I recently saw a, it's kind of advertisement on LinkedIn, like a small clip when there is a line of people for an interview and like person is coming and starts doing crazy thing, like start screaming, like jumping to the walls, going to an aquarium with, and like, no, no, please don't do that. And people like, you know, sitting there in line here and like starting going away one by one. And then like the final, he is like taking himself, like jumping through the door and people like, oh, crazy, they're going away. Just one person left. And then this interviewer like, oh, okay, so please come. And then, you know, this person coming out, there is this person who were doing crazy things like out on the street. So did you get this job? And he was like, yeah. And it was about having a good friend, you know, who are ready to do everything <laughs> for you to get a job. <laughs> nice. Nice. So yeah, it's, I can, I can totally relate. And, <laughs> you know, Ashwin, I wish to have the sky as a limit, but time is the limit. So the final question, if you were starting freelancing today, what is one thing you would have done differently? One thing. Um, I think sorting out my taxes at the start, you know, uh, figuring out the legal tax system is is one thing I would I would start with so that I know to take out 20% because like I said, I got caught out one year and I had like a huge bill that I had to pay yeah. off, uh, which wasn't fun. So be sure that you're compliant. You know exactly how much you owe. Get yourself an accountant. It's worth every penny. You know, don't try do it yourself if you're not <laughs> inclined that way. That, that, yeah. So that that would be the, the biggest point. Learn to delegate things that you can. That is. Thank you so much for sharing your challenges, Ashwin, and for having such an open conversation. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I hope people leave with uh, some insight. <laughs> I'm already leaving with insights, so totally, totally. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button or five stars and share it with your friends. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.